gospel message this morning is from St. Luke. It is chapter 17, verses 1 through 10, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1626. Luke 7, excuse me, Luke 17, 1 through 10. And Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Now suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? And after that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Here's uh, something you've heard before. Help me complete the sentence. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. There's another one that you haven't heard. I just made it up. A person can be preached the gospel, but you can't make him believe. Right? Can't make him. Hold on to that. I will use it later. I heard a story about a man who had read this verse about the mustard seed, and he decided to Put it to the test. That's always a good thing to do. And he had a large tree in his front yard. And so he went out to that tree and he said, In the morning, when I wake up from my sleep, I want you gone. And that night the man went to bed. And when he woke up, the next morning he went to the front door and he opened it. 
And he looked out into his front yard. Just as I thought, the man said, it's still there. Well, first of all, I guess we could say that that man didn't have a mustard seed size faith, did he? In, in fact, we could probably say that he may, well, he probably didn't have any faith at all. And when he told the tree to be moved, he never really expected it to happen, did you? Expect it at the end of that story? And in the second pl- place of, of this message, I think um, that the man misunderstood what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples, what Jesus is letting us listen in on, what he's trying to teach us today. You see, Jesus was not suggesting that you and I go around trying to move trees just to prove that we have faith. No. What Jesus was trying to teach his disciples and you and me, what he wants us to learn today is that it doesn't take a great faith. It doesn't take a great faith to produce great results. Why? It's because the results, thankfully, don't depend on you and me. The results depend on God. Amen? Amen? Amen. And if the results depended on the size of our faith, I have no doubt that we would probably go around bragging about our great faith. I know that your pastor would. Great is my faithfulness. Morning by morning, I astound me. Right? I think I probably would do that. Maybe you would too. So what we will learn about faith today is this, that what I hope we will learn is that we don't have to ask for great faith so that we can do great things. What we have to ask for is faith the size of a mustard seed so that we can see God do great things. And I would pray this, dear Father, we ask for a mustard seed size faith. And I pray that you would help us believe and never doubt your mighty power. In the name of Jesus, amen. Le Shomea. Le Shomea. Remember that word? That was a heart that is in tune with God. Solomon prayed for a heart like that. He was given it, and as we know, much, much more. We should be praying for a leishomea each and every day. A leishomea heart is a heart with faith. Faith is a gift, right? In Luke 17, verses 1 through 10, we get to drop in on the conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples, and he is lovingly preparing them for the tasks that they have been purposed for. And the first warning that he gives is a a woe. 
a woe to those who create stumbling blocks. And this woe is directed to the disciples, all 72 of them. And we could say that this woe, a way of putting it into into a vernacular, is when you lead that horse to water, when you lead that person to Christ, we don't feed them poison. Paul tells us in Galatians 1, verse 8, that even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. It's a big responsibility. Faith, as we know, is a good thing, and it's a gift, as we know, a gift of the Holy Spirit. The disciples were right in asking for faith from Jesus. And, of course, we know what happens to them as they get that wonderful gift at Pentecost. Now, we can say this, that faith does not offer immunity to followers from adversity, Faith does not offer immunity from persecution. Faith does arm the believers. Faith arms you. The spirit that lives in us is the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. You know that, right? The same Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives in you is the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. And He equips you to persevere through prayer. And He imparts to you joy. And joy comes as a result of confession and absolution Joy comes to you and connects you to God through the sacraments. And we know that temptations are going to come. Jesus just said that to his disciples and to you. Temptations are coming. And we know that believing saints will sin. And we also know that repentive sinners will be forgiven. Christ is pointing out that bearing the cross is the opposite. It's the opposite of seeking vengeance. And and, and, and yet, we want vengeance sometimes when we've done wrong and been wronged. Jesus points us to a different path. He says, if a brother or sister sins against you and repents, then you must forgive them, even if it's seven times in a single day. What does that look like today? Do people do that today? Do you? I'll show you what it looked like this week, and it was a beautiful thing to see. Perhaps you caught it in the news. There was a young man who was shot by another young woman police officer in his own apartment, on his own couch, 
eating his own ice cream, watching his own TV. It should have been a place of sanctuary and safety. And she came through the door mistakenly, thought he was in her apartment, and he was killed. And there was a trial, and I don't know all of the details, perhaps neither do you, but here's what we found. That at the statement at the end, the victim's statement, his family spoke, and this man who was killed, his brother, 18 years old, he forgave the officer who killed his brother. He forgave her through faith, not through his flesh. He said to her that his brother is in heaven and safe with Jesus. This man exhibits faith by saying that and believing that and exhibiting that. And the cause of that was this. And though he didn't say it in so many words, he did say, my brother would want me to forgive you. And my brother would want you to know Jesus. Why? Well, because that boy knows through faith, that boy knows that his brother is safe in the arms of Jesus right now. And that young woman, if she departs from this earth without Jesus, well, we know where she would go. We know where all will go without Jesus. Jesus. And so that's what a faith looks like that Jesus is describing. We saw it in real time this last week. And Jesus is telling again his disciples and he's telling us, forgive those who repent. This is as important to Jesus as he points out forgiveness is as important as healing what? Yeah, it is. And we go no further than Luke 5, chapter, excuse me, chapter 5, verses 20 through 25. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus perceived their thoughts. He answered to them, why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or to say, rise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise. Pick up your bed and go home. It's just forgiveness of sins is as important as healing. So we have faith. We are asked, asking for faith. We are given faith. Why? Well, we have faith so that we can do great things. Not moving trees, but moving people by proclaiming Christ and him crucified by proclaiming the gospel. And God will do great things through you. This is his message. 
His message to you and to me this day is to remain in him, to wait and see. To love God and love your neighbor. Wait and see. To forgive as you have been forgiven. Wait and see the great things that he will do through you and a little tiny mustard seed of faith. Leishomea. That's the heart. That's the heart that allows you to see. To see that humble servants, humble slaves, in the last illustration that Christ gave, the last illustration that he gave in, that, in our lesson this morning, our gospel lesson this morning, was that the servant did his duty. And, and he, he even asked, okay, you've got somebody that is your servant, and you tell him to go out. You're not going to put out food for him and, and serve on him. No, you're going to tell him, get dinner ready. Get cleaned up. Get ready and serve me. And after you've served me, then you get to eat. And here is the great exchange that we receive from Christ, the king who came to serve. He's the one that, and the disciples will soon see after this period of time that we are studying, the disciples will see him wash feet. They will see him submit to death, even a death as awful and shameful as a death on the cross. And we will see Christ's leishomea, his heart pierced. That beautiful, great exchange. And he's the one, he's the servant that deserves that praise and that thanks and that glory. And that king continues to serve you and me today. He's going to meet us at the table today in the true body and the true blood. He is going to meet us and forgive us our sins. He is going to give you that internal, beautiful washing Passover of his blood and his body. The king this king, your king, who is the author of your faith, he is leading you, not to the, like a horse to water, but he's leading you to come and to drink and to be forgiven. In the name of Jesus, amen.